What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 349, broken up into two parts, A and B. B? A. Thank you. 349A, posting on 926, will be discussion on A Haunting in Venice, and 349B, posting on 929, will be discussion on No One Will Save You from Hulu, or if you're in the UK, Disney+. Plus. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. Joining me, as does every week, is my co-host, Roger Stillian, our lovely permagrest, Christopher Bond. Gentlemen, how are we? Good. Oh, I mean, by your estimations, I'm lovely, so that's not bad. You are lovely. A lovely. What lo- about you? Lovely how are guy. you doing? You having fun? I am seeing a lot. Uh, this week, I've seen Stonehenge. I've seen all kinds of London stuff. I've seen all kinds of castles just littered about in these neighborhoods. It's kind of I wicked. remember, man. everywhere you're at in London, someone has been there and died. Isn't that the same pretty much anywhere you go? No. No. Not like it is in London. Yeah, Every square inch of London is death. <laughs> well, yeah, this country, this country has a long and brutal history, but it's also got beautiful things Such about Such an American it. factoid. What? <laughs> it is, it is. But um, it's also got beautiful history to it also. I mean, Stonehenge was, was pretty wicked. I've never seen that, but it's uh, seeing it up close, it's like, it's really wicked. It's awesome, man. So... I feel like there's two different ways of to see Stonehenge. Either you'll see it and go, wow, that's pretty fucking cool. Or you'll go, it's a bunch of fucking rocks. Who did this in yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> There's only two ways you experience that place. Uh, I experienced it. The I was kind of in awe the whole time. Couldn't, couldn't, we could, you know what's funny is like they were like, nope, you can't go anywhere near the rocks because people are stupid and they vandalize. And then, and like, almost five o'clock, they're like, well, all right, people, we got to clear out. They're taking the rope down. Like, well, tomorrow the solstice event's happening, and there's going to be hundreds of druids here just poking around the rocks. Like, what do you mean we can't touch? Druids can touch it, but I can't? Yes. What is, what is that about? They have a license. Mm. I just think it's weird. But yeah. You have I'm, to go to druid school. My imagery of druids walking around Stonehenge is not the same as everyone else's. I, <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine we all have three very different versions of that. Or Chris like, and I, I probably imagine, pretty I imagine some, some brown robed figure walking up to Stonehenge, looking up, turning into a bird, flying on top of it, and unshape shifting into a human again to look at the top of Stonehenge. I, just, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> that's pretty much how I saw it, too. So that's pretty accurate. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's fucking yes. weird. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm. I've been walking through castles, uh, which is pretty wicked, man. It's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm really enjoying it here. So um, I have so much of the history of the country left to see. Went to the British Museum today, saw like 1% of what they have to offer. So Aren't all museums British? I mean, the British Museum is full of stuff that they stole from all the different from places they colonized. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I think is hilarious, but accurate. Um, but it's man, it's fascinating history. All these countries, all these places, all these regions have vast and rich histories of all kinds of awesome trinkets and jewelry and art. It's just it's it's amazing. I could spend six days in there, and it wouldn't be enough to read all the all the plaques and all the. It's awesome, 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 awesome. What 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 have you guys been up to? Um, I watched a bunch of movies this week. I know, <gasps> yeah, recently, yeah. So. Um, one of my days off this week, I was just sort of hanging out around my house and I found out there was a RoboCop marathon on. Oh, hell yeah. So I watched four consecutive <laughs> RoboCop movies <laughs> and look, they get progressively worse. Oh yeah. No. Yep. <laughs> like three, three is real bad. Like bare, very like unbearably bad, like funny bad. Yeah. 
Like, how, how did this get made back? Yeah, right. So, I don't know. That was that was kind of fun. Okay. Sitting around, because I had called my dad. I was like, hey, dad, come down. I'm watching RoboCop. He's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> just drove down to my house. We got lunch and watched RoboCop Hell all yeah. afternoon. Hell yeah. Dude bonding. It's like, it would be funny if your wife's like, can you please help me with something? I'm, I'm making dinner, putting the kid to bed. You're like, RoboCop's on, honey. Come on. Come on now. I'll tell you what. Ro- when RoboCop dies, I'll get up. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he does. Which one? And the second one, he definitely mm. oh, dies. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they chop him into a bunch of pieces. And... Yep. Oh, RoboCop. Uh, I still don't Then he like gets those. a jetpack, and hell yeah, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the, the weird dystopian future of the 80s films. You gotta, you gotta love those. I mean, Detroit's kind of still like that, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> you remember the you remember the uh, scary movie three? How um, they were playing this? She's like, did you did you see the tape of Detroit? And it had like it showed the main character the tape of Detroit, and it showed you all like you heard gunshot gunshots and sirens. And then she's like, oh, let me show you the tape without the aliens. And it was the same gunshot and sirens. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Detroit's hilarious. Yeah, RoboCop's yeah, a fun time. Funny. <laughs> That's not what I meant to say, but you know what I meant. But <laughs> RoboCop's a good time to have like like a an afternoon movie marathon. Ro- RoboCop's Robo-Cop definitely Cop a good time. Is a hell of a movie for real. Yeah, no, it is. It is. That's Paul Verhoeven, isn't it? Who, who made the that? first yeah. two are Verhoeven. Verhoeven, and yeah. then it's not him after that, <laughs> and you can tell it's sure not. <laughs> and then it's not after that. Uh, yeah, it's been watching RoboCop brings back memories. Um, I did, and that dread is still in my head from the Carl Urban dread mm-hmm. from uh, la- watching it last week, the week before. Is, yeah, the movie's awesome. I I, I still remember the uh, Sylvester Stallone. I am the law. I am judgment. We 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 did we did not get that line in the Carl Urban one, unfortunately. But yeah, a lot of fun. What have you been watching? What else, Roger? Anything? Mm, I don't know. I watched some other stuff. Movies we had to watch for this, obviously. But... Yeah. yeah. That's, that's about it. Only, only real memorable stuff. What about you, Chris? I don't think I watched anything beyond what we were supposed to watch, like movie-wise. I watched a couple TV shows and and the such with with like my fam. I think this is. I think it was this week that me and my wife finished Cyberpunk. So I've seen it twice now. She saw it, so we had a good time there. My mother finished Arcane, so that was cool. We got to talk about it, and uh, yeah, and then me and my daughter. Are on the last few episodes of uh, Dragon Ball Super. We're about to finish the Tournament Power. So, yes, you have, you have a lot of uh, st- stakes in the fire. Good, good for you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're turning your daughter into a right proper nerd. Love oh, it, hold love on, it, love it. I, I, I got something to say. This isn't anything I watched, but my brother. I discovered today that so I recommend Chernobyl to everybody, right? Sure. I think it's I think it's the best thing in media. And my mother's seen it. She thought it was good. She recommended it to my brother. My brother and uh, his girlfriend asked me, like, you know, what, you know, some good things to watch. I recommend Chernobyl. Found out today that they watched all but one of the episodes and haven't watched the final episode. They just stopped. Why? And here's the other thing. He Why? Even said He even said the second last episode was so good, too. And they just haven't finished it. What the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> The audacity of them to look me in the eyes and, and just spit on my recommendation. No, see, look, I understand. Be like, hey, we got one episode left, and man, it's been really awesome. Not just like, you know, we'll get back to it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Like, yeah, I don't know. We just watched it, and it was really good. We watched, you know, five episodes and or four episodes and two nights, and it's really good. 
Haven't seen the last one yet, though. Like, you just push play next. You just push play next. That's all you got to do. So yeah, it's, nah, I was I was appalled by this. It's 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 that's that's a that's an interesting thing to be appalled by because like how can you not just finish it if you're right there? Oh man, oh man. I what did a, watch a lot of sports this week. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. sports ball. Yeah. Well, there could be a lot more sports coming up in your future because well, not... so I was actually going to bring that up. So like that's really starting to happen. Like I don't know if you guys have noticed it. Well, you're you're away right now, so. Um, there have been multiple nights on Big Fox that there have been baseball games on, which is it's baseball's like peak time of year for that anyway. So it's not over the outside the realm of possibility, but like uh, ABC is now broadcasting or after next week will be simulcasting broadcasting the Monday night football games. So their whole Monday night slate is clear. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, look, that's fucking brilliant. It is honestly, because yep. no one thinks it's, you know, that's a whole night. You don't have to worry about broadcast until after the 11 o'clock window. Like nothing. <laughs> and that's, I mean, it's a, it's a great idea because all they have to do is put on the pregame stuff starting at 7 yep. and just roll right into the game kicking off at 8. Man. That's actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, I mean, I think about it too when Fox has been doing baseball because they've been doing Thursday night baseball for a while. And, you know, what if it becomes Wednesday and Thursday? Because NLAL, you know, two different leagues playing and... You know, it's gonna gonna be a thing. Somebody get paid for that though, right? Because like I, I I was thinking the same thing when you said that for like you know, man, NBA is perfect for that because they play so many games too. Hockey same way. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you know, but I mean, they gotta pay they gotta pay somebody to put those on TV. Well, and like in like Monday Night Football, like same company owns both. So you know, I already have the broadcasting rights. I'll put on whatever channel I want. <laughs> True. Yeah. Right. Okay. So. Oh man, yeah, Grace, you might have to start watching some sports, man. Might be all it's on television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our our B episode might end up just being you know recapping a game. I look, I can recap a game from last night. Yeah, one that ended with you know oh as, as time expired <laughs> well, just before eleven p.m. last night. <laughs> well, a little bit of an update to the strike though for the folks listening and might not know what's going on with that is they late last week Thursday um, the I think MSNBC reported that the strike was very close to being finalized and that they had made incredible progress and we're going to meeting again Friday midday to try to figure it out. But I have not seen one story since. So this morning I saw, I saw that there was a vote pending. So that's a vote between whom everybody that's on strike to end their strike. Okay. So it's the strikers that are voting to end it. Well, it's, it's a, it's a new contract. It's supposed to be a new three year deal. Okay. And uh, just three years at all this. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's all they can get. This is the longest strike they've ever had. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, you know, if they can, if they can quell it for thirty-six months. I'm sure they're all for it. Yeah. And they'll well, just be more yeah. prepared next time. That's the thing with these big strikes is like, yes, they usually the people striking usually get what they want, but it doesn't mean that the studios are going to learn lessons from 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 this, and they're going to do what they can. Oh, they won't the, let it happen again. No, they won't. And they're and they're and they're smart not to. And um, I actually. This spent all day with a guy in visual effects who was talking about um, his part of the, or at least what he he understood some visual effects to be part of the strike. And it's very interesting because what visual effects can do is, uh, he was telling guy me about Guy in how, London that works in visual effects. I bet he did Doctor Strange, and I have some real questions for him. Well, <laughs> of course, but um, it's he was, he, he was talking about how he couldn't, how he's uh, personally witnessed they have full body scans right now of 
people like Harrison Ford, Tom Hanks, and it's it's going to be like mocapping, uh, mocapping a character for uh, animation is all they got to do is have someone sit in the suit, they put the dots in the face, and you have Tom Hanks looking like any decade you want, and it's it's photoreal. It's it's so real you cannot tell the difference between 1980s Tom Hanks in 80s and 2023 Tom Hanks in the 80s. You won't be able to tell the difference. Good. Let's remake big and update it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, I think that's awesome, and I don't, it, it just, <laughs> I just, my whole thing is how can you strike technology from happening? That's why I don't get, like, technology's happening, bro. You you know you got to go with it, uh, but maybe that's just maybe I'm oh, way oversimplifying it. Um, well, I mean, so so let me play the other side of it for a second. It's not right. that that you know you're striking technology happening. You're striking what companies want to do with the said technology and how they want it to happen. The company's only job is to say is to make money and save money because it's all about bottom line. We know that that's how it works. That's how investment culture and stocks work. So. It's not it's not a bad thing that you can say, hey, you know, I can't do this or I don't want to do this stunt or whatever, and then they can mocap somebody in and it looks realistic or someone else does it for you. However, however, however that is utilized in that way seems fine. It's when the companies want to say, we'll pay you $180 for your likeness one time and we own it forever. And that's them trying to make sure they have to pay, you know, the the people that already do that and have repeat work that way ever again. Yep. They see that as a one-time upfront cost to save for indefinite future. That's when it's being used. Of course. That, yeah. And so like, I don't think anyone's a problem with the fact that all these things are happening. I mean, um, some people do, but like the majority of people can see how you can use this in a positive way. It's just that the people that are going to use it aren't going to use it for anyone's benefit besides themselves. Well, no, it's, not, it's, like not, it's, for it's not the, that's not the fact. I don't think that's the, cause the, some of the little, little tidbits of the conversation were, of course, people like Tom Hanks, Brad Pitt, Anthony Hopkins, the big names are going to get paid for their likeness. It's the it's the fact that it it stops every if you have those if you have that likeness you can just keep using forever. Why would you ever need anyone else to step well, up in like, that role? Well, you know? I get what you're saying, but I I would even argue that the people like Tom Cruise and, you know, and who else did you say like Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks all like, the Toms. Yeah, like all these people in the end, for the majority of probably won't really care at this point in their, you know, in their careers if someone does that. I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, hey, I didn't need to be permission, blah, blah, blah. But like, pretend there's a world where someone goes, I've already made my billions of dollars. I'm already a multimillionaire. I don't need to work another day in my life. I don't want to. It's not going to hurt me if I say, yeah, $250 million and you can use my likeness from now on. Sure. I've had it. They cash out and they're done. It's, it's, it's the people that are doing all the other small work that it, it endangers. Of course, of course, it's of course, the little guy that gets the most, you know, negativity from the whole situation. But you I hadn't, know. I hadn't heard that. I hadn't heard that side of the from someone in VFX. There, I haven't heard their kind of it. Yeah, yeah. So it was interesting to hear that part of it. But we'll see how that goes. Hopefully this week. Uh, hopefully by the time you're hearing this, the strike is over, or absolutely by next week, the strike will be over. But who knows? But we should do a show in the meantime, gentlemen. What say you? Yes, yeah, sure. Well, let's do it then. All right, gentlemen, let's do a show. This is episode 349 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. It's posted each and every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Each week, we start with the box office, current and upcoming releases, what streaming trailers and movies of the week. 
Without further ado, the box office and it's kind of a lull in the box office. The Nun, another eight point four million in the number one spot, bringing in a total of two hundred four million dollars. The Nun two, two hundred four million dollars. Expendables four, eight point three million, bringing in a worldwide total of eight point three million. <laughs> a Haunting in Venice, six point three million, bringing in a worldwide of a somewhat impressive seventy one point five million. Number four, Equalizer 3, 4.7 million, bringing in a worldwide of 148. I'm happy for that movie. Barbie, still number five spot, 3.2 million, bringing a worldwide of 1.427 million. Now that's available to rent and to billion. buy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, as I say million, billion. Yeah, yeah, that's that's available to rent and to buy. Although, this is one of the first I've seen this of. Like, this is. It's maybe because I just haven't noticed before, but it's it's twenty nine ninety nine to buy it on Apple. That's egregiously high. Jesus. Usually it's nineteen ninety nine to buy a new movie twenty bucks. That's like twenty bucks on Amazon, I think. To buy it. Yeah. Okay. That makes maybe sense. No, that makes but, sense. So it makes sense that it'll be more expensive on Apple. Apple takes a bigger cut of anything that people people put on on Apple. But that's that's still made three point two million. Like it's still making millions when it's available yeah. to rent and to buy. That's. That's, that's kind of that's kind of a good good thing for Barbie. Now number six through ten, my big fat Greek wedding three. It lives inside. Dumb money has um. It's not been wide released yet, but it's doing all right for itself right now. Blue Beetle and Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer still in the top ten, nine hundred twenty five million. Not going to break that billion mark, but it crossed six hundred domestically. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. It's very impressive for Oppenheimer. Jeez, especially with you know another movie probably taking up sixty six percent of its profits. <laughs> The whole true. Been running. It's very true. But there's your box office. The Nun 2, Expendables, Haunting in Venice, The Equalizer 3, and Barbie. Nothing, no real shakeups there. I don't think it's, I don't think we're even going to see any shakeups for quite a while, unfortunately, because of all this nope. nonsense with releases and stuff not being released. Anyway, let's move on. You, with I mean, you can show. just say it. It's all Taylor Swift's fault. It it's is. Fine. <laughs> Taylor Swift, it's all, the, the, what it is. The mammoth that is Taylor Swift is coming, folks, and that's going to. For two weeks, it's going to dominate everything. Maybe even three weeks. Who knows? I hope it makes two billion dollars. Like, op- like the opening <laughs> really weekend do. just shatters every record ever. That's incredible. Let's look at some upcoming releases. Boy, the cupboard's getting bare, boys. This past Friday, Expendables Four: It Lives Inside and Stop Making Sense. Of course, none of those charted except for Expendables. Mm-hmm. Uh, number twenty-nine. That's oh, sorry, September 29th, which is Friday. The Creator. Dumb Money Goes Wider, The Kill Room, Paw Patrol, The Mighty Movie, and Saw 10, October 6th, The Exorcist Believer, Foe, and Freelance, October 13th, Inspector, those? Uh, those have been on there for a while, um, <laughs> October 13th, Inspector Sun and the Curse of the Black Widow, that's a movie, it looks, it looks animated, and Taylor Swift Eras Tour, that's gonna just destroy everything in its path, <laughs> October 20th, Killers of the Flower Moon, the Scorsese movie. Roger, how, how, how long is that bad boy? Uh, 3.30. Is that, is that before uh, 3.37, trailers? I believe. I want to die. Is that before trailers? Please tell me that's after trailers. No, that's no. before. <laughs> that's four hours of trailers. Four hours. Longer than Oppenheimer. Jeez Louise. Dude, an hour longer than Oppenheimer. That's insane. That's... um. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. I'm oh, sorry. That's Official amazing. runtime three twenty six. Oh, still, okay. okay. But so still, I don't, I don't want to overshoot <laughs> by nine minutes. <laughs> I don't want to overshoot by nine minutes. All right, October twenty seventh, Five Nights at Freddy's. 
November 3rd, Chris, still at punking you out. Dune Part oh, no. 2 has been crossed out in its place. <laughs> no, it's not. Come on. <laughs> Liar. In its place is the movie called Priscilla. It looks to Perfect. be a, a, a very adequate probably the same kind of, Probably the same movie, basically. Yeah. It's fine. And then it also what happens later. November 10th, The Holdovers Goes Wider, The Marvels, especially in IMAX. November 17th, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Next, Goal Wins, Thanksgiving and Trolls Band Together. I wonder if the current Rachel Zegler episode will, will, will affect that movie at all. The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I wonder if it will affect that at all. Probably not. Uh, November 22nd, Wednesday. Uh, that's the before Thanksgiving is Napoleon, which I hope everyone watches on their phone or their tablet. Uh, and Disney's Wish. Friday, December 1st, Godzilla minus one and the bike riders. The 8th is the boy and the heron. And of the 15th, anyone but you, Wonka. Uh, and December 20th, which is Aquaman, the Lost Kingdom, a trailer we're going to be talking about today. Oh, yeah, we are. December 22nd, which is a Friday, is Migration. And December 25th, The Boys in the Boat, The Color Purple, and Ferrari. That is one of the weakest Decembers of all time I think I've ever seen. With the exception of Wonka and Aquaman Lost Kingdom, maybe The Color Purple, I just don't see anything. Godzilla Minus One will have its audience, but it won't won't do gangbusters. Maybe the bike riders does something. Uh, the boy in the heron, the people who nope. like Studio Ghibli. I don't think so. No, it man, that's bad. I it's mean, bad. it'll probably be excellent, but it won't make any money. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Exactly. Man, that's that's a shame because that's man. I just want I just want the movie theaters not to silently go out, die, <laughs> which is which is definitely what's trying to maybe maybe what's coming. I, I don't know, but move just, saw till Christmas. <laughs> have a saw Fuck yeah, Christmas. just do it. <laughs> Let's take a look at what's streaming this week. We are at Amazon in our rotation, and I chose a movie that I I love. It's near and dear to me. Is Brothers by director Jim Sheridan, Jake Gyllenhaal, Tobey Maguire, Natalie Portman, Sam Shepard, Mar Wenningham, Bailey Madison, Taylor Green, Clifton Collins Jr., Carrie Mulligan, Ethan Supley, 2009. Brothers is one of those movies that it will get you by the heartstrings in a weird way if you let it. It's a story about two brothers, Jake Gyllenhaal and Tobey Maguire. One is a class A screw-up, and one is following in his father's footsteps of becoming a war hero. Uh, he does everything right. Of course, Jake Gyllenhaal plays a screw-up who can't do anything right, has robbed a bank, scared a woman half to death, went to jail, and is now the film starts with him coming out of jail. And he's trying to live his life the best way he knows how. And Tobey Maguire, the younger brother, sorry, the older brother, goes off to war, gets himself captured, is thought dead. And then a budding romance between the younger Jake Gyllenhaal and Natalie Portman with uh, Tobey Maguire's character's daughters. It, it's all a, it's all a very interesting narrative. But the way it's told by Jim Sheridan is he has a way with these with family dramas, and it's just one of those movies that I when I when it's on TV I watch it. It's I think it's an excellent excellent movie. Uh, hell of a cast too: Jake Gyllenhaal, Tobey Maguire, not to mention Natalie Portman. Mar Winningham with just a bunch of a bunch of Oscars, Oscar nominees and Oscar winners. So check that one out if you haven't seen that one. Amadeus, Roger, I'm surprised and happy you chose this one by director so, Ilas Foreman. Go ahead. I chose the correct movie. Yes. <laughs> Tonight. Um, F. Michael, sorry, F. Murray Abraham, Tom Holshay, Elizabeth Barrage, Roy Dolce, 
Adult, sorry, Doltrice, uh, Simon Callow, Jeffrey Jones, 84. Tell us about it. So this movie is a musical drama uh, revolving around Mozart and his life and everything that he went through. Uh, this movie was a super big deal. Um, came out in 84 before either one of you were born, which mm-hmm. is hilarious True. to me. True. Um, barely born. I was two. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like this movie is an incredible movie. If you've never seen it, the way that it's portrayed, the way that the music is intertwined in with like the modern music with the, uh, based off the Mozart times. It's, it's such a, an excellent way that those two things mesh together. This movie won seven Oscars. Jeez. And it was the last movie to have two people nominated for best actor from the same movie. Really? Yes. That's it's a, a big deal. It's a hell of a movie. It really is. It's just, it's not one. I, it's not an easy watch. <laughs> It is not. It is not a fun family film. Is it because it's three hours and 30 minutes long? Well, here's the thing. It is. It's 245. So, I mean, it's almost three hours, but it is a long movie. It's it's a wild movie, though, if you've never seen it. So um, I'll tell you what, though, if you do ever watch this movie and you never have, the music will stick in your brain for some of it. Like there is some really catchy shit in this movie. (laughs) And uh, they want a lot of uh, original stuff, too, by the way. So um, I recommend everybody checks this out if you haven't. But it's, it's a hell of a movie. And it's on, cool. it's on Amazon right now. Have you ever watched it? I have not. It, it, like, if you're into, like, classical era stuff, but, mm-hmm. like, with a modern spin on it, and it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. Like, it really, truly is excellent. Wait, Chris, before we move into your movie, did you watch, um, did you watch The Eagle? This week from Netflix, so the Channing Tatum Roman film. No, oh, you should check that out. It's a rom com with Jamie Bell. It's not yeah. a rom com. It's not. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's I can tell it wasn't rom com. The second Roger looked into both of my eyes and said those words, <laughs> I knew he was lying to me. It's a love story between <laughs> Channing Tatum and Jamie Bell. It's it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dungeons and Dragons. Of course, a very new one by director Francis John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez. Reg John Page, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, Hugh Grant, Chloe Coleman, Daisy Head, 2023. Mm. Excellent choice. Tell us about it. Yeah, new and now available for your uh, your streaming pleasure. The the movie, this is a movie that I was extremely apprehensive about when it was coming out, and I was wonderfully proven wrong by it. It was it was fun enough. It was it was funny. It did what it needed to do all the way through. It had some cool some cool visuals. It paid enough respect to the source material, unlike its pre its predecessor, and it was, it's just a fun overall movie. You, uh, Chris Pine is fantastic in it, playing you know as the lead role, and the entire ensemble cast is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, what uh, what is it? Um, Rodriguez as as Olga is yeah. actually like really cool to watch on a second viewing. So the whole thing just works, and I'm really glad I got to see it. Uh, I went and saw it in theaters and stuff. My family saw it too. They thought it was, you know, it, it was mixed emotions all the way through because you can't please everybody. But overall, I think the movie is a big success in uh, down that market. So the okayest uh, yeah. movie of twenty twenty three. Yeah, and and especially coming from from me, who I'm gonna I'm going to be more harsh on these on those kinds of films anyway, just because of you know my you know my connections and ties to that kind of stuff. So good film, a lot of fun, visually interesting, and you know I think it's worth you know put it on especially for streaming in your house. Trying to think on and watch it. If you haven't seen it yet. It's good. And Chubby like Dragon. And yeah, Chubby yeah, Dragon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chonky. Yeah, chonk. He's a chonky boy. Chonky boy indeed. All right, gentlemen. Let's talk about some trailers real quick. 
Now, Roger, you are not happy with the Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom trailer with Jason Momoa, Ben Affleck, Patrick Wilson, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Dolph Lundgren, Tamara Morrison, Nicole Kidman, Amber Heard, Randall Park, Pilo Asbeek. It's a feature from DC. Why, why are you not excited about this? So, first off, is anybody here excited for this? No, because I don't this, think it This matters. trailer is fucking abysmal. Like, I'm not trying to, like, knock this because DC's not had the best run lately. Like I enjoy the original Aquaman. Like I think it's it it's a very serviceable movie, and I thought they did a good job bringing a yeah. very un that kind of character on the big screen is tough to pull off. And I think they did an okay job with he's it. Al- he's always been kind of like the butt of a lot of jokes yeah. in, in the DC universe. But this trailer like undoes all of that. Like it looks corny as hell, looks atrocious, and like there there is nothing redeeming about this that I think makes it look good, like, at all. There's no way that the CGI makes it into the theater that way, right? Like, <laughs> it's gotta be, like, the trailer version, of the unpolished version. <laughs> like, that's that's the only thing I keep saying. Dude, we're 90 days out. <sighs> so, if it does hit, it could get yeah, pushed. It might. Well, so, I have a question for you, Grayson, because you said when when we mentioned, when Roger mentioned, you know, that this movie, like, no, does anyone care about it? And you immediately said, because it doesn't matter. Do you think you'd actually give a shit about this film if the whole the gun DC universe wasn't well, going to happen? Well, I, do you I'm, honest, I, I'm do not you a fair think barometer for this. I think you are, because you're the biggest critic of uh, out of us for superhero films. So honestly, I think you are a good barometer. Well, but... no, because I don't because I'm going to I'm excited for it regardless, because it is a continuation of the Aquaman story. It does. I mean, look, the smartest thing they did was bring Patrick Wilson back, period. Mm-hmm. Jason Momoa cannot carry that movie by himself. He needs Patrick Wilson, period. And without I didn't see um, Willem Dafoe in the in the in there. So. You gotta have someone strong enough, and like, I mean, with all the negativity. He was in the first one. Yeah, but but I, I didn't see him in this trailer. Or no, I, I, I don't see his name anywhere in the anyway. But um, with all the negativity, with all the DC lately, and Amber Heard, I, I just don't know how much love it's gonna get because James Gunn has also said it that it also does not matter in the Gunn universe. I can't believe with all the crap that happened, Amber Heard that they left her in this film. I know they cut a significant like scenes away from from her character. But I cannot believe that she still has a presence. Well, I mean, in this look, film. her she, her character is pretty pivotal, man. Like you can't just cut it out completely. They've do, they've done worse to other characters for similar well, sure, situations. But, I mean, look look at as far as editing is concerned. What do you, you're you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah, because then, right. I mean, a whole chunks of the story probably won't make sense without her being in there a little bit. I, well, according according to like your thought process on it, though, it won't matter anyway because it's not a part of the the, the gun again, universe. Again, so, which is why I don't know why they're not just why Warner Brothers are like you know what, Merry Christmas, it's all going to Max. You you you, you can see it on this day for free. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, what else? What else? They should, they should have done with, with, with the second Wonder Woman. Um, movie. Well, they did do that with Wonder Woman too, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they did. They, they, went they put to it Am- straight on to. Yeah. Yeah. That I can't remember day of. I don't want to say I hate when people bring that movie up because it just brings back. I, nope. No, because it's bad. It's a, that, that is the worst DC film that has been made. You know, what's I funny is that has been made so far. True. Let's 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 what's funny about that is I don't what? is I think Wonder Woman is the best DC movie that was made. And the original Wonder, one, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, Wonder Woman fair. 2 is absolutely atrocious. I would rather watch the entire catalog of Batman films. 
then watch that second Wonder Woman movie. And I'm t- I mean, all the good and all the bad with the Batmans. Chill out. Yeah, 100% <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I want bat nips, baby. And the, yeah, the bat nipples, absolutely. Chill out. Of course, all the Arnold and, yeah, of course. I mean, but that stuff's fun. You know, Wonder Woman's just bad. It's just a bad movie. Like, it's just yeah. bad for many, many reasons. Um, So maybe you're right and maybe it, but I just, so let's just, I wanted to ask you guys, how much do you think it's going to make over a December run? I don't care about the t- going into January or anything. It, it might, it might it's hard to it tell. January. It's hard to tell because if, if if anything else surprises us and catches fire, I think it'll take away from it. It'll but, probably make money though. Yeah, yeah. It'll probably it'll probably. I mean, it'll it, ha- it has to beat Shazam, right? No, listen, it doesn't have to. But there's also nothing. I mean, else. here's the thing: it will. Yeah. I mean, hell, even Blue Beetle beat Shazam. Yeah. But here's the thing: I liked Blue Beetle. Like, yeah, I know you did. And listen, Blue Beetle had a fucking awful trailer too, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it really truly did. Yeah. But. Like, you know, give them props. Like, I end, ended up enjoying most of Blue Beetle for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I just, I kind of don't have that feeling about Aquaman. No, it's hard. It's hard. And, and, and here's the thing. Jason, Jason Momoa is such a likable guy. I want his movies to do well, but we'll see how. Because he seems goes. just like a dude. He, I mean, he is. I mean, he, he I mean, so like he, he's gotten a lot of positive pub- publicity about uh, the whole uh, tragedy in Hawaii thing mm-hmm. because of the, the, uh, the awareness he's brought to it and the charity or, you know, the fun that he's highlighted in it compared to other people in the media right now about it. So, I mean, you know, he is, he is just, it seems like a dude, like you said. So I, I, I hope his movie does well. I want to see him, you know, do, you know, bigger and better things. Well, as a disclaimer, I don't want to see Aquaman fail. I surely do not. However, I just, I don't, I mean, look, maybe it does gangbusters because there's just nothing else in December people want to watch. So maybe it just does do great because I mean it will it will fill a spot on the slate. I mean that definitely will. Yeah, so I mean maybe that's why I mean that could just be why it's going to make money because and maybe that's why they know it. Maybe that's why they haven't pulled it yet because like well nothing else is out. So people who who don't want to watch the other there's few other big movies then they'll watch Aquaman over and over again. So I don't know. It's 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 a weird thing to. It's a weird. We'll we'll see when that comes out because Roger's right. We are well you know we are in that season now almost so. Let's talk about dream scenario with Nicolas Cage, Lily Bird, Julian Nicholson, Michael Sarah, Tim Meadows, Dylan Baker. It's a feature from May twenty four. What are we thinking? What a strange movie. What a now weird... this is this is right up Nick Cage's alley. I what think. a weird Fre- uh, Freddy Krueger prequel. <laughs> <laughs> what right, a weird well, damn dream master. <laughs> but this is like this is Nick Cage. This is this is his style, man. This is what he does. Well, this is his style now. I think it's all. I think it's been his style for like the last ten or fifteen years. Is weird. He'll take any role if you throw money at him. Kind of. I thing. would argue that ten years ago he, his style was no style because he had no movies. Then all of a sudden he came back. That's true. That's very true. true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's weird because I just I want to be excited for this, but it's not going to be wide release because it's a twenty four when they, they don't really do that, and <clears throat> I just don't. It. I just. Does anyone care about? dream scenario or even i mean i think it might be funny honestly it's just gonna be fucking weird and funny and that's fine but does it make any money no sure not it won't need to though a24 doesn't like they usually do a pretty good job of having pretty low budget stuff that gets them enough money and you know then then some a24 is the only people that are working right now are they really well they have their if you work for a24 you have your own little union thing okay that they are their own self-contained. Gotcha. Yeah. 
they, they're still working. <laughs> Interesting. Good for them. Yeah, good for, good for them. Going to see um, some A24 content. Well, the here's year. the thing. <laughs> A24 content generally is better content than most things that we see, though. It's at least... It, yeah, it's at least... I don't know, because like, I didn't like the last A24 film we watched. That weird one with Driver in it. Adam Driver? Yeah. What was that? I forget what it was. Uh, he was like... I don't know. He was like some really smart professor dude, and his wife was batshit crazy. And oh, that was the yeah, the yeah. chemical poisonous cloud yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I wasn't a big fan of that one, but it, it, I don't know. A twenty four seems to be they seem to bat. You know, have have a good batting average when it comes to like you know films that are decent. And they they, they, they also tend to be the pinky up kind of people when it comes to films too. It's like you know what I mean. The people that <clears throat> they have a following the same way that like. Um, Wes Anderson has a following of people who like again it's one of those without the internet people would really struggle to def- to talk about what a twenty four movies saying are about. This is the best Wes Anderson movie, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it's a very strange thing. So, um, but that's a, that's it, it is what it is. But we'll see that when it comes out. I'm sure we'll end up watching it because we have nothing else to watch. So true. But, and it's let's on talk the slate. About... <laughs> it's got a date. We're gonna watch it. Let's talk about Butcher's Crossing with Nicolas Cage. Another Nicolas okay. Cage movie. So all jokes aside, I think this looks like a decent flick. Why does he look like? Why does he look like Bruce Willis now, though? <laughs> no, you know who he really looks like. Seriously, John remember Travolta. when Travolta shaved yep. his head? Oh yes. yeah, you're right. right? Like, I Holy didn't crap, even say it to right. Grayson. He really does look yep. like when Travolta, Travolta shaved his head. Man. I'm glad you saw that, Grayson. That's the that. first. Thing, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw him. Man, I missed yeah. it. Yep, yep, yep. John Travolta. Um, it. But this. I mean, look. This can't be that much different than wah wah. <laughs> what did we just watch? What was that? What was that called? The old ways. The yeah. old ways. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this can't be that much different, right? I mean, look, look at it. Looks, looks bad. It looks. I don't. See, I don't. Honestly, don't think this looks bad. Yeah, I was gonna say it. 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 it I mean. It doesn't look any worse than other things that I've seen today. So, well, just the way it's shot, it's definitely using digital and quick digital. Uh, I just, I'm not a fan of that kind of stuff. But I have no doubt this movie will have a cult following. But that's it. Is it going to make any money? Absolutely not. But it maybe it's not meant to. Maybe it's just meant to. Movies like this, they can't, they can't cost much to make. And maybe they're, you know, hey, we're keeping people working, so that's what we're doing for whatever. Sure. However, they get around that stuff. Absolutely. So, all right. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, Dream Scenario, and Butcher's Crossing. All those trailers available to watch on our social media. Check those out. It is that time, gentlemen. Let's take a look at the movie of the week at almost 39 minutes in. Let's take a look at A Haunting in Venice, which I am fairly happy with, truth be told. I uh, I, really, I really dug this. Of the, of the Kenneth Bernard um, Pyro movies. This is the one I think is his best. Okay, so so, so you just want to score it now, then? Yes, <laughs> let's move it. All, All right, right, cool. The tomato meter of seventy six percent and an audience score of seventy eight. Those are pretty decent numbers. At least they're equal. Yeah, yeah. For all intents and purposes. Well, we'll call that fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah all right, cool. The board. Yeah, good all for right. them. I, you cool. know, I wonder how many people they had to pay, but it's fine. All right, Kenneth Branagh re- comes comes back as Hercule Pyro. Kyle, Kyle Allen, Camille Cotlin, Jamie Dornan, Tina Fey, Camille Cotlin, Jude Hill. You're so fucking funny, Roger. Wow. <laughs> Ali Khan, Emma Laird, Kelly Riley, Michelle Yeoh, Dylan Corbett, Abater, Amer El Masri, and Fernando Piloni. Uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh, obviously based on 
Um, it's based on characters created by Agatha Christie. Roger, what's a haunting in Venice about? Based on characters and stories. So yes, all, of course. Like, you know, already done in some way, mostly. So this movie is about Venice being haunted. Well, it's about a haunting in Venice, as the no, title. No, all of Venice. You weren't paying attention. I mean, Venice this... after World War Two, it'd probably be haunted. I mean, probably smells bad too. Oh. I can imagine Venice does not smell great, even in the best I mean, of days. It didn't look more beat up. It wasn't long after World War Two. They didn't. Clean it was up that forty-seven. Quick. Yeah, they so. didn't clean up that quick. I promise. <laughs> Well, they I mean, just wanted to film this in Venice, just because. Yes, all was. <laughs> well, but I mean, they got the exterior shots, but they didn't. Majority of this was shot in a soundstage in Los Angeles. Oh, sure. Oh, oh yeah. Of I have no, yeah, I have yeah. no, no, no doubt about that. But yeah. Uh, the other two, let's talk about those for one second. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Murder on the Orient Express, mm-hmm. years and years ago, and then we also right, had. It's fine. I've never seen that one. We also had um, a, what Chris thought was Jungle Cruise for, for a long time. Uh, <laughs> so confused. I do remember that. <laughs> Death on the Nile, which had a, a whole host of negativity, army hammer surrounding it, all bunch of stuff that just did not go with that movies, which yeah, I thought was weird. Because I don't know if you guys saw one of the tri- one of the posters for A Haunting in Venice kind of reused that color scheme from... Death on the Nile, like, like the the yellows, the blues, the the purples in the sky. You remember that weird poster color scheme? I wonder why you'd reuse that same color scheme if you just wanted to get away from that second film. I don't know why they'd reuse that, but they did. I didn't notice the connection. But let's talk about it. Um, Kenneth Branagh, of course, reprises his role as Hercule Poirot. And I guess what makes this movie a little different is he's almost out of the game. He wants to be done. Well, he says he's retired. Yeah, he yeah, is, for all intents and purposes, retired. And being invited to a Halloween soiree kind of brings him back into it. Um, it's Tina, Tina Fey does a good job of being uh, as being someone who is kind of hounding him to get back into it because she needs more material to write. And she, I mean, her character keeps claiming, "I created you, so do this for me." And it's it all kind of made you, so end you. It all kind of goes down that path for the story, but I did think it was an interesting way to bring him back in. Because I wonder how they were going to do it. Because and when, whenever I see Kenneth Branagh's name on something, even if for something as bad as a Death in the Nile, he was not bad on Death in the Nile. He was great in Death in the Nile. Um, it's I always appreciate he brings kind of an old world look to these movies that he he makes and the characters he plays. He definitely has an old world Hollywood charm that not many people can pull off anymore. And I'm thankful for that. And then this movie, it's, it, it's sorely needed his brand of, you know, presence on screen and behind the camera type, type, uh, type going on. And just a first 30 seconds. What did you guys think going into it? And then what did you get? What did you think as you're exiting the theater? Do you think he grows that mustache? No, or I don't. It's prosthetic. It's prosthetic. I'm sure. I think he grows it. I think he likes it. I think he probably grew it for the, for the second, too. The first one, he probably didn't. No. But he's like, no, oh, man, that looks good on me. Yeah. He grew that bitch oh, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, 100%. So, like, anything has been in between, they have to digitize it out, like Henry Cavill. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> Batman, Justice League. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, let's talk no, about... I mean, like, gonna... this, this, this movie's... I mean, like, you know, we've seen this character a couple of times before. You know, after after the last one, of Death of Nile, which was not very good... Um, I was kind of lukewarm on this, but you know, leaving the theater, like I mean, it, it was fine. 
Um, nothing, nothing to write home about for me, but at least, at least it kept me interested mm-hmm. and that was important. Yeah. I mean, to answer your question, Grayson, like going into this, I was, I was ready to not like this movie because of, you know, a, I didn't even really, honestly, I didn't know what this movie was about till I like, I got there. I forgot all about this film, what it was about. It was called Haunting in Venice. I did. I forgot this was a, a, a Pyro movie or whatever his name is. Pyro. Yeah, whatever. So like, I, I forgot all about that. And then I sat down and I, as it, as I saw the characters, like, oh God, that's right. This is, this is the next Death on the, Death on the Nile movie. I was not excited because I wasn't, because I was so let down by the last one. Leaving the film to further, further answer your question. I, I mean, this movie was fine. Like this was way better than the last one I saw. That's for sure. And it's because I don't. I think it it didn't do. I think this movie didn't do the bad thing that the last one did, where it wasn't a solvable mystery by what they gave you. Like last time when we saw Death on the Nile, one of the big problems I had, and I think I think we all agreed on, was that fact that the movie just told you everything. You didn't discover anything. Nope. You didn't solve anything with them. They. You thought some things happened, and then they told you how they how it happened. N- nothing like to discover or play along with. Where this one, you actually have opportunity to kind of try to think ahead or try to like see things as as they're being as they're gonna like kind of breaking down. I think that really does help this movie a lot. And the at the addition of the of like the quote unquote horror or the creepy elements, whatever you want to call them, I think it works really well here because I because it puts you know, our lead out of his element. Yep. It's not, it's, you know, it's, it makes him question things and that's interesting when that's happening on screen. So I did, I I appreciated those parts of the film. Yeah. Well, well said. What about you, Roger? So, I mean, the, the Chris brought up the point about death Nile being an unsolvable mystery to the viewer. Mm. Now there is more of that. There is more stuff for you to see in this movie, but still, I think it suffers from that same problem again. Okay. Well, cause here's the thing. There are three murders that end up happening during the show and there is no way you can put together at least two of them. Now the, the third one with the dad, sure. Maybe you could put that kind of stuff together, but like they purposely don't show you large chunks of the story until he unwinds it for you. Yeah. Which I mean, sure that there is this kind of their MO. Mm -hmm. So I'm not surprised by it, but it still frustrates me. And the same thing is like, look, I don't just want to see how brilliant this dude is. Like, let us try to put this together ourselves. But that's just clearly not something they're ever going to do. Well, no, I disagree with you. I think I think the dad was the one that was the most solvable because that's what I mean. That's the only one I thought that yeah, you could like, put together. Like, like that one was solvable, and I think the first one was too. The daughter, I think the original one you're there is okay. Now that middle one though, you're correct because because they because without knowing what we do at the end, you can't know that sh- that sh- that you know someone dunked someone's head into the apple tank. Yep. And then realizes something when they're doing that, like mm-hmm. oh shit, and they have to change things. Like you can't figure that part no. out. But I think I, the daughter, I, I, I had my, I had my, my two suspects before they were. Oh sure. It. By the end of it, I was like, okay, you know, the, the, this makes sense. I thought it was gonna be the guys. I thought there was a chance it was the, um, it was the, it was the, the doctor's kid. He like him and him and the mom were like my two, like the two people I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. So like I, I. I the one I was leaning more towards wasn't it, but I wasn't upset about like the answers that they explained because it was kind of like down the th- the process I was doing. Sure. And when you, if if in a world where you rewatch this film, you're gonna be able to see the clues that they reveal to you later on to be like looking at the, like all the stuff with the honey and all that. All that is not hidden from you. It's all dialogue within the sure. film. So like you get to see all that. Rewatching the film, you'll see it. When you rewatch Death on the Nile, 
none of that happens. No. You don't see anything on a second viewing. You're just waiting to be told again. So this one does it a little bit better, I, 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 at least from my perspective. I agree with Chris. Uh, Roger, completely disagree with you because I did solve it um, before. There's, I didn't. Hold on. You always solve it, Grayson. No, no, there's no, no way. So, you're so much smarter than we I, are. I, I would put it outside. That even if you solved a couple of them, there's no way you solved all three. I, no, I didn't. Because they three. purposely leave out information. For, for, I, for the middle one, yes. for, 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 for the, uh, what is it, the, the medium? Yeah. Yeah, the medium lady. Oh, I don't know. purposely I, leave I, that hole. I knew who killed, um, I knew who killed the girl in question, uh, and I, and I knew how she did it. Or, I mean, I, I didn't, maybe the motive, because the motive was off, because you couldn't know until the end that the motive wasn't, the motive wasn't, uh, I, I want to do this, but I knew who did it, and the movie tells you it, the movie tells you by, it's the bees give it away. When he sees the bees, it, it, it connects all of them. It connects it's all always the... the bees, not the bees. Well, it's always the bees. It's always the bees, but it, it that for for me that made it um them that made it. Now I will agree with you that as far as Pyro's head getting dunked in the water and then the person realizing it's the wrong person and then leaving, I don't think they would have left that person alive. First of all, Pyro would have been dead. Also, I don't that's also them walking away from that and then and then immediately committing another crime to somebody else <laughs> that's the that's also kind of a hard pill to swallow yeah um but i did solve the main murder in in who it was and kind of why she did it even though it may not have been on purpose i i i understand i got that part of it so that's what also is because we now know in these films that thanks to scream that it either had to be Tina Fey or Kelly Riley, and it wasn't Tina Fey, so it had to be. Oh, it had just because it, it, it's a big name actor, you mean? Well, yeah, I mean, Scream is every time they bring that in, that's who they do. But yeah, of course. So if it's not one, it has to be the other. Um, I mean, the, there's a lot of big names in this. I think you know. Well, like, I, I mean, mean it's look, nice to Jamie Dornan make an appearance. Yeah, yeah. It's like him and Brana must be boys, like for mm-hmm. real. I think they are. Well, because of um, uh, uh what the uh, Belfast. Mm-hmm. And the little boy, um, the doctor's son, is from is the little boy in Belfast, and he. I thought in that movie. Oh, I didn't he, even put that together. Yeah, in, the, yeah. in that movie, he was fantastic. Like it, it, Kenneth Branagh can make a movie, and I mean, he must like his actors to stay because he does. He uses Jamie Dornan in this one again. He uses a little boy, but there's. But what the one thing I liked about this movie, Haunting in Venice, is it wasn't like a. Oh, but there was no, it was no mystery because the, behind the cape in the, in the, in the knife was a flesh and blood. There was an actual haunting, which is what I thought was pretty cool. The supernatural angle was what I was most anticipating going into this. I wondered how is a classy guy like Kenneth Bernard going to approach this? Because he, he doesn't, he's not a guy that likes to overuse effects. He's not a guy that likes to be, that likes to just kind of, kind of go all in with a, with a murder monster. So I'm like, how is he going to? How is he going to make this work? And I thought he blended that beautifully because there was a haunting and it does have major, major outcome in how this story plays out. So that's that's one thing I was I was I was kind of going into with, with all that information. But do you think being impaled by a statue's arm was a shitty way to die? I think it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Although it didn't hurt you know what's funny. I thought about that for like 10 minutes after I saw it. I don't think I think the statue might not die. No, I think the statue's arm would have broken before it went inside of you. Well, okay, so I I kind of disagree with that. I bet you like you could have got impaled with it, and then it would have broke off. Mm, I could like see that, that yeah. happening. Well, but, I, but either way, you you would have survived it. You wouldn't have. I don't think you would have died because it wouldn't have gone far and before it 
the the pressure broke it off the other end. I mean, but if it did just punch through a large section of your body, though, you'd have a <laughs> sure. problem. Uh, so, but it's go ahead, Chris. Well, I just want to talk to you about. So you mentioned the whole uh, like there was a haunting here. Like I disagree with you on that. There wasn't a haunting. Is the whole is the whole shtick of the film until the very, 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 very end of it. No, no, no. Everything. He definitely sees. He definitely is talking to a little girl that isn't there, and he definitely sees a little girl in the bathroom. Stop. Well, he's definitely tripping balls, Hold on. son. Yeah, he's <laughs> it's he's he's been poisoned, but he's hallucinating. Fine, but that's and, but that's part of the cr- whole that's part well, of the whole thing because in the end, it does happen. In the end, yes, but hold, but the but, or he didn't actually talk to a little girl. You know that, right? I that was all in his brain. Yeah, he's I, so high. He's talking to somebody who's not there. Exactly. Yeah, I so think, but it, I think that's what the end is telling you is, oh shit, this, that little both those were there because no, the, the ending happened. Dude, he, someone pulls he that says, someone pulls he, that woman off in the off the, off the balcony. Oh yeah, no, that's and, it. The and, very end of it, yeah, and but, holds her down. So I'm telling you. I'm pretty sure he's just high as hell. Well, Tripping. Yeah. But isn't that that's that's kind of the shtick the movie is trying to get you to like to maybe think there's not really a haunting, it's all in his head, yeah. but it turns out I'm look, that's how I that's how I interpret it. it yeah, you know, I could check it too. We, his we, 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 his haunting was all validated. But mm. that's kind of how I took it. But especially if how we take it is really gonna come into play with the next discussion for no one will save you, but go you know, a little bit of <laughs> well that's gonna be a that's gonna be an interesting one before for us three, yeah. but yeah, I that's how I took the the haunting was it was real and okay. So let's go back to the beginning a little bit. How did you guys feel about those those weird Dutch camera angles? <laughs> so I've been I've heard that like talking about this movie, you know, or like seeing discussions about this film is like the whole Dutch thing. Is that just when they're like super close? That's yeah. when they're that's when they're very unnatural angles, like mm-hmm. right you know above him, but like tilted to the side enough, like these weird angles that you wouldn't normally use. Yeah, okay. it's like video game angles. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't care. It's I, fine. Well, it, those it, it those add to the atmosphere. Probably. Those add to the atmosphere so much about um how to tell the story. I, I was kind of in love with those, and then they okay. they kind of they kind of level out towards the end and get more normalized. But in the beginning, it's it's pretty heavy handed. They're everywhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, you see, I'm so I'm so movie I'm so movie dumb that it didn't affect me in a positive or negative way. It can, just looked like a movie. Can we talk about the creepy puppet show for a minute? <laughs> yeah. No, didn't like that at all. <laughs> didn't like that creepy puppet show, huh? A- as an adult man, did not like that. Nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I get you. Not one bit. I can and also, if I was a know. child, that would have terrified me. <laughs> Good lord. Not if that was like a normal thing though. Like now, yeah. Yeah, you know? like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like 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 my five year old would be all over that. My eight year old would be like, Mm-mm, I want to see this. No. No, I get it. No. Nope. 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 We'll leave um, weird ass to look at all that. I kind of liked it though. I, I thought it was just it was in the same flavor. I mean, it of the definitely movie. adds creepy element to this. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it it added you know it added the right flavor. It added it, it was it was in universe. I didn't mind it at at, at all. Um, I you know was, what the most unbelievable part of this whole movie is for me? What's that? The fact that the house in Venice has a basement. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. In the, yeah. fact, in, the, in, the, in the fact that he knew where it was and just kicks the door open. Dude, dude as he's high as shit, just karate kicks his door <laughs> open like like I'm a seven-year-old. Like, whoop <laughs> Like the guy isn't old as fuck and high now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, dude, look. I've seen videos of you're old as fuck and like 
just beat the shit out of people. It's awesome. <laughs> the the ball, his hip bone, just his hip, his <laughs> hip joint just gives out on that kick. Uh, Movie fiend. Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah, he karate kicks his door open. Yeah, like they they could have done that something better, but it is what it is. But here's the thing: those are details that like that the owner of the house wouldn't have known too. So it's kind of like it's kind of weird that that all kind of strings together. But it makes sense though too, because like she was creating honey, so mm-hmm. the bees find other places to hive. It, it's just. It's details like that that are that are like they're I think they're cool like storyboard ideas, but then when they play out, it's kind of like, eh, doesn't it's doesn't weak. show up so well. In, yeah, it's kind of weak. You know, it it feels pushed in there, but you know, I feel like we had a scene like that in the last of these films when they get off the boat for a little bit, and then other thing happens in that weird temple that they ended up at. Oh, those on... pyramids. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the pyramids. Never forget that's actually the pyramids of Giza. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like I feel like that this that whatever they do when they construct these uh these spiral films that it, it's just i think it's a side effect of whatever like they're thinking is if they kind of break this stuff down but it is what it is well, some, some of that you guys are mentioning though is i this is i think the most approachable one as in i think this is this is absolutely the easiest one of the three to solve i don't think you could solve murder on the orient express um unless of course you knew how it all shook out before and, hold, on, and hold on hold on hold on hold on you use the term easy to solve and that's not the easiest to solve that's not fair this one is solvable there's a big difference there. Well, this is the easiest of the three to solve that is you know it's solvable. like i don't think the other two are i mean well you couldn't solve death on a nine yeah no they purposely don't show you stuff yeah yeah that's why that's what i didn't like but they didn't do that yeah. in this one they give you everything you need it's just a matter of you being able to put it together that's the whole thing uh, yeah, I and, didn't mind and, that. And in a, in a movie like this, I don't need to be able to. I, I don't need to solve it to enjoy the film. I just need to feel like that the movie didn't take me on some on some shitty ride the whole time. Like I, I, after seeing things happen and play out, I had my own ideas. They felt valid. And then like when you get you, you're shown and like explained how everything goes down. You're you're not like oh well. I didn't know any of that, you know. It, it it felt very, you know. Okay, I I I watched everything that you've shown me. Very cool, you know. And then it it, it wraps up nicely for that reason too, because you don't feel cheated or like you like somehow you missed something, even though you you sat there and watched the whole movie. Well, uh, this this one definitely is the most accessible, I think. And this one, I think so, is absolutely out of the two I've seen. This one's way better than the other one. Well, it's definitely better than Death on the Nile. Yeah. Uh, I also want to shine the light on a little kid committing extortion. Yeah, no, <laughs> strong. That yeah. was my next. Oh, like, that kid's going play. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think, so. That, that that guy's got CEO written all over oh, him. Yeah. So I think the little kid is another one that you could have definitely said, no, no, he's involved in this in more than just being. Well, that that's guy's who I on. thought did it. That's who I was well, pretty certain. Had if done you would have thought he did something, would you have thought blackmail and extortion? I didn't. No, See, that right? was, I was surprised there. <laughs> But you know, like I was like, all right, I was like, it could be this kid. This kid could be like protecting his dad or something. Blah blah blah. And then, you know, it turns out he's protecting his wallet. Very, yeah, the, the very in the movie, he's like, you know, you know, oh, 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 you did art, and then you know, tells you how. So, well, it doesn't. It's it's interesting because he's the one that they they always take great care to like. Whenever you see him, he's saying some super super smart remarks, or he's got a book in his hand that's like a like a detective novel, and it's. They're they're taking great pains to show you that he's smarter than he's letting on, and he's involved. He definitely knows more than he's letting on because he's, he's so protective of his father. Who is look? I mean, that's why I didn't. I was able to rule out Jamie Dornan pretty pretty quick. And I don't. I mean, heck for the spoilers. But if you haven't seen Death in the Nile already, you're probably not going to watch it. But it's. I was able to rule Jamie Dornan out pretty quick because he wasn't just playing the guy that was playing aloof 
to get suspicion off him, he really was aloof. He's just <laughs> broken. Well, he's, you know, he's a man dealing with PTSD and, you know, he's just, he's a broken man from the war and what he's seen is just, it's awful things that have just rattling around his brain is making him, you know, half the man he used to be, half of an actual man. And I kind of appreciated that, especially from Jamie Dornan is someone who can act and pull it off. Actually, I thought everyone did a pretty fantastic job in all their roles. I didn't dislike anyone in their role, and I thought they were all... At one point, I can see most people thinking that everyone, like, oh, no, they did it. Oh, no, they did it. Like, they're all they're all as convincing enough in their roles as they need to be to get someone to think that they were the ones that did it. Sure. You know, the movie's good at that, is giving everyone a motive. Uh, and at one point, I think, in my mind at least, I could have made arguments for every single cast member did it. So I don't know how you guys feel about that, but well, okay. So I, uh, there's nothing wrong with the way that you viewed this film and the way that you like you just broke all that down. I, I feel like that's going to be 33 percent of the people that watch this movie, right? But like, I don't know. I feel like in your case, Grace, and 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but like like you're watching this to solve it, and I'm watching this and able to solve it, but I'm not like actively trying to figure it out as I'm seeing it. But I, I feel like that's that, that's the way you're watching it is almost like you're like playing along with the movie where I think that some people are going to watch it that way. I think some people are going to watch it the way that I did. And I think either way you can enjoy this movie, especially like, you know, compared to like it's the one that came before. Of course. Yeah, I, don't, I don't, I don't know if you're supposed to really try to solve these movies. I think people, if you've watched the other couple will try to do that, yeah, but I don't know if the average movie viewer is going to really put the attempt into, I mean, I guess everybody does on some subconscious level. Yeah. But... Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I agree with that, but I you're right, Chris. I watched this movie and I said, "Damn it, I'm I'm going to solve this," and I was really putting everything together in my head. I was trying to keep track of things. Uh, I did try, and I I got you know I 66 percent of it I solved, but some other I just didn't see because of the motive that you couldn't know until later uh, when everything was revealed. That was a problem. Yeah. But I will say how it plays out. I felt satisfied, and I didn't feel like we were tricked, like not tricked, but I didn't feel like. It was so far beyond the realm of possibility for Poirot to solve this time. He's remember in Death in the Nile, he just he kind of just lays it all out there. I was like, "Yep, this is what happened," yep. and by golly, that's what happened. And he wasn't wrong about anything. He <laughs> says yes, and they're like, "Yes." Well, I I, I think that the best response is, is like he says everything, and you're like, "I guess so." Thanks, movie. It's <laughs> like that's all it was. <laughs> well, I like that he locks everyone in. I like it. He's like, "Nope, no one can leave until we figure this out." And then people continue mm-hmm. to still keep dying. Actually, one thing that I remember was you might everybody has to stay in this murder house with me <laughs> this haunted ass murder mansion do you guys remember we watched um the glass onion a knives out movie with yeah benoit blanc obviously yeah a t- i remember obviously impossible t- to solve yeah you couldn't but remember in the end when daniel craig's like this is all ridiculous none of this you can't solve this isn't his character was going on and on because like it's so it's such a ridiculous thing to try to solve that's kind of what i i like that kind of awareness that at least in that movie, that look, you're not you're not watching Glass Onion to solve it. You're watching it because you want to see the mystery play out in front of you because you can't solve it because they don't give you enough information to solve it. Nope. Yeah, but th- yeah, but now aren't you just advocating for Death in the Nile? No, no, because bad. Death in the Nile was not solvable. And well, here's the thing: there's a lot of bad stuff about Death in the Nile that's not because the thing was unsolvable. Correct. Yeah, Army Hammer was, you know, it's a whole slew of bad things, uh, but it's. I think Haunting in Venice is not only the most approachable, but also the most enjoyable of the three. 
because it it has characters that are real and the other films also i didn't think i didn't feel like all the characters were real characters if that makes sense they were more like caricatures than yeah. anything else yeah that's a good way to put it is like they were kind of just these big stereotypes of those people and this felt to me like they were all real and they were all kind of they could exist in 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 our world in 1947 so i was thankful for that because other movies just never felt like that was the case ever so I don't know how you guys feel about that. Roger, what do you think about that? No, I mean, that, that's a pretty fair way to look at it. I mean, character-wise here, this was probably better, definitely better than Death on the Nile. Um, Murder on the Orient, Orient Express, though, I mean, it's not too far off character-wise here, but nothing seems... Besides, look, the whole medium shtick, though, you know, like, yeah. you knew that, you know, he's going to have to break this shit down and debunk all of it. Like, you knew that going in, right? Because, like... No one thought, or at least I sure didn't go into this movie, be like, come on, and be like, Pyro's going to think this place is actually fucking haunted. Like, you didn't actually think that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, at least you have that idea going through. I mean, characters, they're not bad here. No. Everybody everybody has their own little niche to fill. Um, the only thing that I think we probably could have done without was the assistants. No, you need them because they're the they're the hopeful immigrants. Well, it, oh. it, 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 besides current political stuff, it fits the time period very sure. well, so I, I get why they're there. Because I thought I thought the same thing. I, I think that you can argue for them either way. I, I think all the characters, I, I, th- I think they do belong. If uh, anything, I do want them to understand though. St. Louis, Missouri, not the best place. Well, I mean, go. they'll regret it in about twenty years. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, thirty, but still, yep. either way. No, I, I think actually the medium is the one that like I didn't really understand her motivations and like oh, you know, so the, I, the whole purpose of. I, I totally I understand the, hers though. It's yeah. just money. Well, yeah, but like like the whole her showing up and trying to trick and like she's gonna trick everybody, but then gets murdered. Like all all, all this other stuff. Like it's like. Okay. Well, if she was so in touch, she would have known she was getting murdered. So exactly, definitely right? yeah. full of shit. She's obviously not very good at this. <laughs> yeah, right. Try harder. <laughs> well, the whole th- that but that's the whole thing with him wearing that hood and then the mistaken the apple bobbing and then it getting him in trouble and then him drinking the tea right after that is and he's looking around the room like as he's getting high he's like am i am i listening to all this but i'm high like what's going on like that that's all just yes that's all just kind of staged nonsense but it has to be there for the movie to be told to, for the story to play out the way that it does yeah but i mean it's no it needs ahead. to be there to make you believe that this place might be haunted because we're being convinced as as our main character being convinced. It's not that, you know, it shows up and we've been given shown. We're not, we're not shown absolute evidence that this place has a ghost in it, right? We're discovering it as he's discovering it, or as he's possibly thinking it, as he's dealing with all of that. Well, but it's not haunted till the end. So no, it's not. It's well, just I mean, one of those. Well, things. no, I, 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 I think it's been because they bring several points to that, that it's this is a haunted place. Yeah, and yeah. so with them saying it's on a place and with him kind of seeing but those he, little girls the way he does, it's just... But it, he disproves be, all the haunting until the very end. He disproves, he disproves the song. He disproves the kids. He finds the buzzing, the bees in the wall. Like, he finds all of that, which, which disproves all the haunting. Well, he doesn't just... You know the, how to get rid of a haunted house. How? Burn, burn it. Burn it burn to it the down. ground. Yes. <laughs> like, that's it. Game over. Burn it to the ground. Yeah. I've seen enough movies. You just light the fucker on fire and leave. Yep. Well, he couldn't it's leave because it. it was storming outside. First off, I've been wet before. 
This place is haunted. I'm out. I always said something really dumb. Uh, I I think we all know what you're going to say, Chris. Thank you. But it's also like the like when they come across that house and um the the Blair Witch thirty years later, nope. sequel, just burn it. Just light a match. Burn it fucking to the burn ground. It. Fucking that house and it. smile. Fucking burn it. People yeah. people still go see the uh they they go to the Conjuring house still. Like, fucking burn it down too. Thing. Yeah, it's still standing. Burn the Amityville house. Fucking burn it. Mm-hmm. All, all of it. But like, it's just like why are these people like oh some ghost just came at me in my bedroom and and missed me and almost killed no. me i'm just gonna go about move my, i'm just gonna, I'm gonna leave i'm gonna get my shit i'm gonna burn this house down <laughs> i'm gonna go about my, my normal day and go back to sleep again in the dark and it's like oh my god you people are idiots idiots all of you um it's i don't know i think kenneth bernard did a very good job in setting this up and executing the characters in here and the scenario all but all but it all makes it part of that same believable package yeah, I mean, I don't know if he did a very good job for my estimates, but I know he did a better job than last time. I think that that was important to me, and I was pleasantly surprised by that. Why were you pleasantly surprised? Did you not expect him to? No, because I saw Death on the Nile. Jungle Cruise? Um, yeah, you did. I mean, Death on the Nile had so many problems, though. It wasn't... I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that was my only experience to go off of until this one. It's true. Well, you should, you should watch Murder on the Orient Express, although it's, it's well it's known. Decent. It's known what's well known how that plays out but let me ask you this was there ever a time when you think when you were sure that someone who wasn't the killer on this one was the killer ask me that again my brain shut off yeah i don't what are you was, asking me was it, were you sure were, was there ever a time you were 100 percent sure that someone who wasn't involved in the killings was the killer oh that oh no that i ever think wrong yeah no i'm always correct Oh, good. A lie. Great. Thank, thank you. <laughs> well, no, it's like I said. I, I, I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was the, uh, the doctor's son for, for a hot minute there, until they told me that it wasn't anymore. Because, like, cause like I said, I, I, I kind of suspected the mom, and I thought, like, as like, I was, I, I thought it was the kid, but like, I thought maybe it could be the mom, but then I was, you know, shown otherwise. So, what about you, Roger? I mean, I'm there. I don't think so. I don't think this movie suffers from like misdirection. You know what I mean? They yeah. don't try to make it look like somebody else did it, which is good. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, they they withhold certain stuff, so you can't complete the whole mm-hmm. cycle. But I never like the you know I taught the assistant kids. I never thought they killed anybody. Yeah, okay. You know, it's like oh well, they have motivation. Maybe they want some money. I never got that vibe at all. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing: I honestly would have been pissed off if they're like, well, they are the ones that killed her. I'd have been like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> There are three other people. Well, yeah, where did this come from? Of- yeah, <laughs> where did this come yeah. from? But they didn't do that, and that's you know, it's 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 admirable how how they did it. Um, how do you guys feel? I mean, about- movies love do love to like screw themselves up. Yeah. Well, it's all about like the MacGuffin and the herring, and it's just trying to steer you down a road. But I don't think movies do that very well anymore because it's it's usually pretty obvious you're being steered in a direction that's not right, especially in like Scream's purview. Is this last one I? It's I, I was amazed at how lazy they were in trying to hide who the killers were. Um but anyway, going back to Death on the Nile, Death on the Nile, um Haunting in Venice is what about the so the whole the whole like haunted house kind of atmosphere? Did you guys like that? The the you know the the the, the low light situation, kind of the the setting in Venice in a haunted house. Did you guys well, like like that? I get I get the low light just because of the time period, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I don't you know I don't expect it. Besides the whole chandelier, which just comes crashing down. 
Is uh, you and know they, they never explain that, did they? He does. You know, he uh, he was. No, just... he does, and we accept his explanation. Yeah. But this is very early when, like, when when he's he's extremely skeptical, and we're like, you know, oh, this is haunted. He's, well, he's gonna think it's not. I do want to make note from twenty twenty three me to what you know nineteen forty seven parenting. You know, I know they're all orphans and all, but like the fucking chandelier fell down, and they're just like, well, just keep partying in another room, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like if you were at a party and like somebody's like roof started to cave in, you'd be like, "Hey guys, maybe it's time we get out of here." God, the late forties must have been tight. You're right. <laughs> they all have typhoid and shit. Oh, man. Yeah, te- tetanus is a death sentence. Uh-huh. Man. Oh, oh tetanus. Oh man. I mean, what's the last time you guys had a tetanus shot? I was thinking about uh, recently. Day, I I stepped on a board with nails coming through it that were oh, twenty three years old. What about you? What about you, Roger? Uh, it's been a while, <laughs> so I'm sure next time I injure myself in some sort of way you have to go get one yeah probably yeah i stepped on that board and they suck though they do do hurt they do i i i I got that (laughs) i I stepped on that board recently and my time before that i put a hatchet in my own foot before i graduated so last time i had one is because uh i tried to sever my own finger clean off my body oh wow yeah yeah. it it wasn't dark it wasn't the beginning of the idea to have that happen (laughs) it was a byproduct of other Uh, things okay i hear you i hear you (laughs) yeah I think you tried to cut a finger off. I put a hatchet in my foot. Yeah. yeah. You know, self-harm. Are we okay? No. Oh, God. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm way better than that time. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, about, my that finger to- works just I was thinking about that today because I, I saw some walking around the city. I saw like this elementary school and like an amazing playground jungle gym they had. And I remember what I had in like the, the late 80s, early 90s at, at by elementary school. It was just like a piece of jagged, jagged metal sticking out of the cement. Like that's all we had in our playground. That's it. God, and I remember. Like, I don't like, know how we survived. Like out of like a like 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 the movie Warlock, where they like they impale that guy on a metal spike coming out of the ground in the middle of a parking lot. It was just like a, it was. You ever seen like pictures of playgrounds from like the twenties and thirties? Oh yeah, when they're like twelve feet tall and like they just go up to a point and yep. like that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's this giant. There's this giant rusted pole with a rope on it. Have yep. fun. Go climb it. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> It's fine. Yeah, it's well, fine. I mean, yeah, that's just I was thinking about that today. But I'm funny if you bring up the old tetanus and typhoid thing because I was just thinking about that today. Like I haven't been, in, I haven't been, you know, got my shots lately. I, mean, I should look look into that. But you can go get your shots, son. I don't think you have to worry about typhoid much. Though. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're good there. Hmm. I was speaking of we. we Chances walking, are though you might get COVID again. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, like <laughs> that's back in style. Walking through one of the interesting things I read about the underground in London is when they were digging it. They had that place to, is definitely haunted, by the way. Yeah, they, definitely. They had to consult maps from, like, when the the plague, the Romans, <laughs> from the plague because they didn't want to hit the plague pits oh, and and, yeah, and, and reopen the made. end of the world, the plagues, which is still kind yeah. of in the pits, that still exists. Like, what is that? Yeah, fucking bring it back. <laughs> I mean, bring back. It's on my twenty twenty three bingo card. Why not? Is that really on your bingo card? No, it's not. Oh, <laughs> let's, okay. let's score this thing. All right. Well, it it is. I I do think everyone should go watch. I think it's a it's it's the best of the three. It's a very good watchable movie. Sadly, I don't think it'll make it until October, uh, no. unfortunately. But this deserves some kind of viewing renaissance in October to get you know back in the hype of the scary stuff. But it's not going to make it. Uh, but if I'll go first, if you want me to, you've already halfway finished. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Fire away. Well, this is the best of the three. I think 
by far better than Death on the Nile, but it is better than, I think, Murder on the Orient Express. I think Kenneth Branagh understands the character a little better. I think he's listened to feedback. People saying, well, those other two just aren't solvable. And what's the fun if we can't kind of do it with you? Um, it's I love the setting here. I think the characters are all very, very believable and they all feel like real people. The way this is executed is I, I think I took it a little differently than a lot of people. Like, for instance, you you two guys didn't. I, I, I took it as the haunting was validated in the end and he wasn't just tripping that he was seeing these things. Um, I I think that was very clever in the way that was done. Um, this is this is a this is a seven and a half for me. I, I really dug it. I really dug this movie. And I, I I didn't expect to. I after coming out of Death in the Nile, what else would you think? You know, like oh, another one of these Death in the Nile things. But I really dug it, and I I can't say enough. I mean, I want to say more good things about it. I'll just I hope you go watch it because this is absolutely worth your time. Seven and better a half. than the Joker. Better than the Joker. Never living that one down, I guess. Nope. <laughs> uh, me or you, buddy? Go ahead. Okay. So, um, like, look, this this movie's fine. Um, that's really it. It. You know, I don't. There's. Listen, I don't think there's anything overly bad about this movie. I will say though, and I didn't bring this up during our main discussion. There was there was like a 25 minute chunk of time here where this movie just kind of drug along to me. Mm. Um, just about a little bit past halfway, there's kind of just like, yeah, not much happening. You're just kind of seeing things unfold. Didn't, you know, that wasn't the best, mm-hmm. I think. But like overall, like this movie's not half bad. You know, I, I think this movie's like a five and a half, maybe a six. I'll give it a six. Let's yeah. round it up. Um, I've definitely seen far worse movies recently, far worse movies than even this kind of category. Yeah. Um, I don't mind this character. He's fine. Um, the thing is though, we're probably getting one more of these at least, right? Because that's, so. that's the whole spin yeah. of him being back at the end. You know, one final thing for Hercule Poirot. Yeah. Um, and, and that's okay. As long as this listen, as long as it's better than Death on the Nile, I'm fine with it. Gotcha. Six right. and a half for me. All right. We keep on saying Hercule. Or, sorry, six. No, six and a half. We keep on saying Hercule. I keep on picturing the, the gaff character from Dragon Ball Z. But anyway. Well, his, so, his, his, his name Mr. is Satan. His name is Hercule Poirot. So. No, I, I get it. Yeah, his yeah. name is Mr. Satan. His name is Mr. Satan. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I explained. I, I'd explain that. Explain that to my daughter. Um, so this movie, uh, I don't know. Like, so the the lead, you know, Pyro is is a fantastic character played extremely well by by the lead actor. Right. So that's the first thing. I haven't seen that character done bad yet by this guy. So awesome job there. The supporting cast is good in this, and you know the movie has a the movie has a very charming ambiance to it. The whole time it is it does have the creepy spooky vibes, which I think you know clashes hard against you know against uh, Hercule. And I enjoy seeing I enjoyed seeing that, and then being along on a ride that was, in, by my estimations, you know at least somewhat solvable, which made it more fun than the movie before it. Other than that, though, it's the movie's fine. You know, it's okay. It I, like. I'm not going to go out and watch this thing again, but it's, it's not my style of movie, admittedly. Um, overall, I think I agree with Roger's score. I think this is a six. I think this movie is good. It's just above average. If someone asked me to watch, I'd say, you know, I'd say, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. You should probably go see it, especially if they, if they dug the first two. They, they better like this one because this feels like it's going to be the better of them anyway. So, yeah, I think this one's a six. I think I think it was pretty good. Oh, good. I'm glad, glad you guys enjoyed it then. I was yeah. um, glad you guys enjoyed it. So I like that don't want to go on and on about these because there is kind of a i don't want to spoil everything for, for people and i do hope that they go watch it but this has oh, been oh, go ahead so, something i forgot to mention my favorite part about this film 
is the fact that it was a it felt like the runtime was perfect. It was a solid like 90 minutes and I love that. Love that for this movie. Love it for me. Thanks. I think it was like 100 minutes. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty damn close to 90. It's cool. Yeah, it's uh it wasn't it, it wasn't terrible and and that's great. I think yeah, I think it was it was 104 minutes. So, but it it, it did all, it, but it also didn't feel long and that's important too because that's yeah. when 90 minutes feels like 4 hours, that's a that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. That is indeed a problem. Well, gentlemen, thank you again for joining me for this episode. This has been episode 349A of Ford Love of Cinema, a movie podcast. Each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe, every little bit of health. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I'm at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. I'm Christopher Bond. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, always posting things on social media. Send us an email to For the Love of Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at the Expendables 4 with the 4 where the A was. Expendables. There you go. And then the State of Star Wars Part 2. Jeremy and I will be back for a second part.